Hi there, I'm your host, Eddie, and you're listening to The Motion, a podcast about examining entertainment law and copyright from an audience's perspective. In this podcast, we'll be covering copyright infringement, music history, intellectual property cases, as well as current legal news and issues in the entertainment industry. I find it's interesting to break down and get into the details of cases and question our current copyright system because it seems like it's not really working for musicians and artists anyway. I started this podcast because I've always been so intrigued by entertainment law. In the music and entertainment industry, the outcomes of trials and settlements can affect the laws and standards that are already in place. And that could change the future of music and film for audiences and artists alike. On this show, we'll be covering historical copyright cases, following current cases and their outcomes to show you how the copyright system is broken. We'll also get into definitions of legal terms, delving into details of record deals, and examining streaming services like Spotify. I want this podcast to be a place to learn about these cases and subjects from an audience and creator's point of view. I want to take a deep dive into entertainment law. As much as I can, I'm not an attorney, but I'll do my best and uncover the details of these cases and laws in this industry and how they affect us. Let's go behind the scenes a bit and see if we can make sense of it all. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you can really help us out by leaving a five-star rating and review. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter at TheMotionPod and on Instagram at ListenToTheMotion. If you know someone who might be interested in the show, share our podcast with them. And to everyone who has listened and reviewed the show so far, thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. Quite a few things have been happening in entertainment law since our last episodes. As things are heating up during this election year, we've also been living through a pandemic, civil unrest, protests, and quarantines. And it seems like there's been a lot going on in music and entertainment during this year as well. So I thought I'd cover some recent developments and cases in entertainment law. Let me tell you a story about copyright. Musician Neil Young has finally decided to pursue legal action against President Trump for the use of his music at rallies and other political events. After years of sending cease and desist orders to Donald Trump for his use of Rockin' in the Free World and among other songs, earlier this summer, Young finally decided to bring a lawsuit against Trump. Neil Young is an accomplished singer, songwriter, and activist. A few of his notable songs include Old Man, Into the Black, Rockin' in the Free World, and Heart of Gold. He's also known for being a member in Buffalo Springfield and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. On August 4, 2020, Neil Young filed a copyright infringement lawsuit against Trump's presidential re-election campaign for unauthorized use of Young's songs Rockin' in the Free World and Devil's Sidewalk. Neil Young's legal team explained that the lawsuit wasn't intended to disrespect the rights and opinions of American citizens or their right to support the candidate of their choosing. The complaint was filed in the Southern District of New York, and Neil Young posted the following complaint issued by his attorneys on his website, stating that the plaintiff in good conscience cannot allow his music to be used as a, quote, theme song for a divisive, un-American campaign of ignorance and hate. This isn't the first time Neil Young has had issues with Trump unlawfully playing his music during his election campaigns. This all started back in 2015, when Trump played Rockin' in the Free World during his first campaign announcement. Young initially said he would have liked the Trump campaign to ask for permission to use the song before it was played at rallies. 
but as I said earlier, Young has already sent many cease and desist orders to Trump over the years for the continued unauthorized use of his music, and Trump and his campaign have completely ignored all of those orders. The American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers, who are also known as ASCAP, manage the distribution rights to Young's music. ASCAP and many other music publishers and distributors have a political opt-out clause in their contracts. This means an artist can say they would not like their songs to be played at political events or gatherings. Since Young has used that opt-out clause to say his music cannot be played at political events, Trump is in violation of this clause by using his music. According to the complaint filed by Young and his attorneys, he is seeking $150,000 for each copyright infringement violation and asking for the campaign not to play his songs ever again. So far, there's been no public comment or response to the lawsuit from Trump's team. Along with Neil Young, the Rolling Stones, family of the late Tom Petty, and most recently Leonard Cohen's estate, as well as many other artists, have felt very displeased about their music being used at President Trump's rallies and other events. The Rolling Stones are also said to be threatening to pursue a lawsuit against Trump for the use of their hit song, can't always get what you want at his Tulsa rally in June. The Stones have been very vocal about their opposition to Trump and have completely disagreed with Trump's use of their music at his events. They too have already sent him several cease and desist orders for his previous use of their songs in rallies. The Rolling Stones have also chosen to use the opt-out clause in their contract with BMI to exclude their music from the political entity's license that provides political campaigns with access to millions of songs. Another thing to consider is that most venues, stadiums, and event centers carry a blanket public performance license, which enables those places to use a large catalog of music. A public performance license is an agreement between a music user and the owner of a copyrighted composition or song that grants permission to play the song in public, online, or on the radio. Some major radio stations and companies like Sirius XM and iHeartMedia use a blanket public performance license to cover all their music, just as arenas, venues, and auditoriums do. Since Neil Young and the Rolling Stones have chosen to opt out of their music being played in association with political events, it's apparent to me that Trump's unauthorized use of their songs would constitute a breach of the licensing agreement. So where will things end up, or where do things stand now? Musicians choosing to use the opt-out clause in hopes that it would prohibit their songs from being played at political events are realizing that this preventative measure may not be enough. Also, in this particular case, instead of the issue being with the person who is hosting the political event, this case may be directed towards the venue where songs are played. Instead of the politician who chooses to play the music, venues could technically be held responsible for this breach. I feel like that's the wrong party to blame in this situation. It's not the venue who chooses the music. They just have the rights to play it for the client who rents the venue out. Because Trump's rallies are typically held at venues with blanket public performance licenses, I think this is how the campaign is trying to skirt the boundaries of using the licensed music. The venue, not the Trump campaign, could end up being the actual defendant in Young's case, or if the Rolling Stones decide to file suit. Even if the venue does try to enforce an opt-out clause, ultimately if the campaign uses it, I think it should fall on them and not the venue. At this time, it's uncertain who'll face the penalty for not complying with the opt-out clause, 
Will it be the Trump campaign or the venues involved? Young's case will be the first of its kind that I know of to test out this case in copyright court. We will definitely be updating you on this situation in future episodes. In addition to Young's lawsuit, a few weeks ago, over 50 artists signed a letter through the Artist Rights Alliance demanding that all politicians ask artists permission before using songs for campaigns and events. The letter is addressed to six major political campaign organizations and asks for political parties to establish clear policies requiring campaigns to seek consent of featured recording artists, songwriters, and copyright owners before publicly using their music in a political or campaign setting. It continues, Politicians that want to represent the public trust must do better by seeking consent before exploiting an artist's or songwriter's image and work. It's unclear how much this letter will do because of Trump's lack of response to previous cease and desist orders, but the message is clear. Artists don't want their music being used in political campaigns without their permission. A couple of months ago in June, following the nationwide protests sparked by the recent murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, the country band Lady Antebellum announced that they would be changing their name to Lady A. The term antebellum is known for being an idealistic reference to the pre-Civil War period in the southern United States during which slavery was practiced. The three members of Lady Antebellum said that they were regretful and embarrassed that they had not taken into account the negative connotations of the word antebellum. The band has been around since 2006, and this June they publicly announced they would be going by the name Lady A from now on. This seems a little late, but what makes this name change really problematic is that there is already a singer named Lady A. Anita White is a black singer-songwriter who has been performing under the name Lady A for decades. The members of Lady Antebellum obviously did little to no research to see if there was already an artist performing under that same name. But listen, because it gets worse. After the name changed, the members of Lady Antebellum then decided that they would file a lawsuit against the original Lady A for the rights to trademark their new name. In a conversation with Rolling Stone, Anita White spoke about her frustration with the band, saying that Lady Antebellum hadn't even reached out to her before making their decision. She also pointed out the irony in changing their name in support of racial equality while simultaneously taking their name from a black performer. Quote, this is my life. Lady A is my brand. I've used it for over 20 years and I'm proud of what I've done. This is too much right now. They're using the name because of a Black Lives Matter incident that, for them, is just a moment in time. If it mattered, it would have mattered to them before. It shouldn't have taken George Floyd to die for them to realize that their name had a slave reference to it. It's an opportunity for them to pretend they're not racist or pretend this means something to them, she adds. If it did, they would have done some research, and I'm not happy about that. You found me on Spotify easily. Why couldn't they? I agree with the real Lady A, and I think it's completely tone-deaf of this band to change their name to dissociate themselves from a term describing slavery, only to bring a lawsuit against a black woman and established musician who has been performing using that name for years and years. From what I understand, both parties have yet to reach an agreement in the lawsuit, and the band formerly known as Lady Antebellum is continuing to use the name Lady A, as well as the original Lady A, Anita White, and rightfully so. 
It's been reported recently that the Dixie Chicks have also changed their name to the Chicks because of its association with the states belonging to the Confederacy during the Civil War. As we talked about in Episode 8, artist streaming royalties are typically very low. It's not enough revenue for artists to live off of, and the system in which streaming royalties are regulated and paid out seems to be benefiting owners of the streaming companies more than the artists that make the music for that platform. Daniel Eck, the CEO of Spotify, has come under fire by many musicians for his recent comments regarding how artists should earn more streaming revenue. In an interview, Eck said that working musicians can no longer release music once every three to four years and think that they're going to make enough money from those releases. We've previously discussed how the streaming royalty rates that artists receive for their work is incredibly low, that it's not enough for most musicians to make a living from unless they're already mainstream artists with songs constantly on the charts. Even though streaming is how most people consume music in 2020 and for the past few years, it seems this inequality in artists' pay versus streaming platforms is woefully uneven and doesn't match up with the size of listeners on these platforms. Some of the criticisms of Eck's recent comments I agree with most is that Eck himself is not a musician. He comes from a mostly tech background, and here he is telling musicians how to do their job and when to release their music. It's pretty clear to me why he wants artists to release music constantly, because he's the one who's making a profit from all these musicians' creativity. After all, only someone who's not an artist would make a demand like this from artists. That's it for our episode. Tweet or message me if you'd like me to cover a certain subject in entertainment law. Our email is themotionpod at gmail.com. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. Thanks for listening to our episode and give us a follow on Instagram at listen to the motion and we're on Twitter at the motion pod. The Motion is written, produced, and recorded by me, Eddie. Music is by Machinima Sound. Stay safe during these times, y'all, and I'll see you on our next episode.